Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Luke, chapter 18. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Last week, uh, we talked about uh, Jesus who told the story of two men. And one was a Pharisee, and he was self-righteous, and he was religious, and he was putting stars on his spiritual chalkboard and thanking God that he wasn't like other men. And then we had the tax collector. And the tax collector, we talked about, he was humble, and he wouldn't even so much as lift up his eyes toward heaven. And when he was talking to God, he said, God, be merciful unto me. Anybody know? A sinner, be merciful unto me, I am a sinner. And Jesus said that the tax collector went away justified. In chapter 18 in your Bible, in Luke, Luke chapter 18, look at verse 14, if you will. It says, everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Well, this morning, Jesus gives us an illustration of that very point, that you must come to Jesus in humility and faith and grace and not in your own works. I've actually titled this sermon, Blessed Babes and Miserable Millionaires. Blessed Babes and Miserable Millionaires. And let me just say right now, I really don't know any miserable millionaires, but I thought it sounded good for a title. So that's what we decided to go with. Luke chapter 18 and picking up in verse 15, saints, if you're looking at Luke 18, verse 15, say amen. Amen. Then they also brought infants to him that he might touch them. But when the disciples saw it, they rebuked them. But Jesus called to him and said, let the little children come to me and do not forbid them for such is the kingdom of God. Assuredly, I say to you in verse 17, whoever does not receive the kingdom as a little child will by no means inherit implied the kingdom. Saints, stop right there. Give me your attention. In verse 14, I just had you peruse it a second ago. Jesus said, everyone who exalts himself shall be humbled, and everyone who humbles himself shall be exalted. Now, I like how verse 14 and verse 15 fit together because... They, it tells us in verse 15 that they brought infants or children to Jesus that he might touch them. The idea here is that he might bless them. But did you notice that the Secret Service disciples, when they saw it, they rebuked them? Now, I get the idea that, I don't know, as I read the story, I get the idea that the disciples, they were like men in black. And, and they, had, they had earpieces in, 
And, and you know, they're like scattered throughout the audience. And then they see a little kid going toward Jesus and they would like radio each other. Hey, uh, little kid moving uh, south, moving, moving toward Jesus. And Peter and each of intercept and, you know, trying to keep the kids from getting around Jesus. But notice in verse 16 in your Bibles, Jesus said, let the little children come to me. Now, in Mark chapter 10, Jesus saw this. And you'll read it for yourself. It says, Jesus saw this and he was greatly displeased. Jesus was not, if you're taking notes, Jesus was not grieved and Jesus was not hot and Jesus was not upset. This word displeased literally means Jesus was indignant. Now, this is the only time in the Gospels that Jesus is indignant toward the disciples. As you search the scriptures, you'll see that Jesus often was indignant with Pharisees. Jesus was indignant with Sadducees. Jesus was indignant with Herodias. Jesus was indignant with religious people. But you never find that Jesus was displeased or indignant with prostitutes or tax collectors or sinners. But here, as the disciples seek to keep Jesus away from the children, he has indignation. And Jesus said in verse 16, let the little children come to me and do not forbid them for such is the kingdom of God. In verse 17, please look at it. If you do not receive the kingdom as a child, you cannot get into heaven. Now, now get the scene here. Fathers and mothers, give me your attention. Fathers and mothers, grandparents are bringing their children to Jesus. And imagine a bunch of kids all around Jesus, and they're pulling, and they're tugging on his clothes, trying to get his attention. And notice Jesus didn't say, get away from me, you little crumb snatchers. <laughs> Jesus didn't say that. Mark chapter 10, again, tells us that he is taking them in his arms. And that is a beautiful, touching scene. He's taking them in his arms. Somebody once called this the Magna Carta of children. Because, and and they said, it's a bill of rights for kids loudly proclaiming that they have the right to be valued and appreciated. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something about Jesus. Perhaps you didn't know. Jesus loves children. Did you know that? Jesus loves children. All the children of the world. If you know it, say it with me. Red and yellow, black folks, white folks, that's it. They're all precious in the sight. Jesus loves the children of the world. Jesus loves children. And listen, Calvary Chapel, Cary, we love children. Amen. Somebody clap your hands like, like you know that. And we love children. Jesus loves children. As a matter of fact, you take a note, you write this down. Many of the miracles that Jesus did were on behalf of or on children. John chapter 4, the nobleman came to Jesus and said, Jesus, my son is sick and dying. Would you heal him? And Jesus healed the boy. Mark chapter 9, Jesus comes down from the Mount of Transfiguration, and he ran into a young child possessed with a demon And Jesus healed him. Mark chapter 5, Jairus' daughter, who was 12 years old, and Jesus looked at her and he said, Talitha kumai, which means little lamb arise. And he took her by the hand and he said, 
give her something to eat. Earlier in Luke, Luke chapter 7, the widow of Nain, she was on her way to bury her son. Don't you remember the story? They were in line in a funeral procession. And, and, and she's on her way to bury her son, and Jesus saw her and stopped her and raised her son from the dead. Jesus loves children. Now, my following comments, listen close, my following comments are not, I repeat, are not politically correct. But they are, I believe, biblically correct. And first of all, it is better. And first of all, listen, Children are a gift that God gives the people who are married. Thank you, one sister. God gives children as a gift to people who are married. It is and always has been God's design for people to be married before they have children. Now, I know I didn't think I was going to get that many amens when I said that because we live in a culture where it is culturally normal for people to have a child outside of marriage, for girls to get pregnant, and then they have a baby daddy. Now, you know baby daddy is becoming a cultural norm when everybody knows what that title means. Give it about three, four years. Webster write their new, their new revised version. They're going to have in their baby daddy. And you're going to be able to look it up. Baby daddy. Woman who had baby with man who was not married to her. That is a cultural norm. And for some reason, people, listen, have the crazy idea that a child can be raised by one parent and it's no problem. Listen to me. Children need a father and a mother. What, only 10 people agree with that? Children need both parents. And listen, I didn't say children need two parents. Now, so you got to be specific nowadays. Let me break it down for y'all. All right, let me break it all the way down. Let me help a brother out. I didn't say that they need two parents. I said they need, they need a mother and a father. I, I don't even know the name of this show. I'm going to wait while you clap your hands. I don't, I don't even know the name of this show, but it's a new show on TV. Modern Family. That's what, thank you. I'm glad. I wish you were here last service. I couldn't think about it. I couldn't get the name. And, and nobody, because they were in church, nobody wanted to say anything. And... Uh, <laughs> Because you know how church religious people are. They, they, get, they get in church. They go, oh, I, I don't even have a TV. <laughs> no, I'm not. I don't, I'm too holy. I don't watch TV. Who would? Uh, one eyed demon. I don't even watch TV. I'm trying to think of a last service. I'm standing up here struggling, and people looking at me like I'm crazy. Thank you. I don't know who was it you? Was it you? Modern family. Modern family. Well, let's say this here. I think the show is probably accurate. I, I saw the previews. I, I, I don't need, I don't take time to watch that kind of stuff. I, I really don't. Tell you the truth, it's not my kind of TV. I like, I like shows that tell you the truth. I'm tell you, y'all promise not to tell anybody about tell you. I, I like it. I, I like shows like Little House on the Prairie. You know? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> Actually, I like, I like shows like, uh, like, uh, like, like, uh, yeah, yeah. See, y'all all trying to, y'all trying to figure out what kind of show I like. 
now I ain't going to tell you. My modern man, man, but, uh, but uh, this modern family show, they got the modern family. And I want to say in that show, they have two, hus- two guys who are husbands. I don't even know how you call that. Two married men, and, 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 and they're raising, are they raising children, I guess? They're raising one little girl. And uh, oh, you like that show a lot, huh? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, but they're raising one. But listen, uh, children don't need two parents; they need a mother and a father. Listen, a father can do for a son what a mother cannot do for her son, and that's the truth. And conversely, a mother can do for her daughter what a father cannot do for his daughter. God, does, I'm gonna wait while you clap your hands because that's equally as true. And God ordained it that way. Listen, I'm, I was raised by a single parent. My mother is, uh, you met my mom. I'm, I love my mom. I always have. They used to think, but people used to tell me I was never going to leave home because my mother was at home. They, well, uh, <laughs> I'm being way too vulnerable. I need a, a anybody got an et cetera? And, uh, and uh, you know, and, and I love my mom. And but my mom raised us, and and, and I'm, I'm the son of uh, of of a single parent. But in the same vein, you know, my mother was an excellent mother, but it didn't come without a price. Now, if you're divorced and you have children, listen, God is good. Saints say Amen. God is gracious. Saints say Amen. And God is merciful. Saints say Amen. But God, listen, God will bless your children and God will see them through difficult times. But you have to understand that if you choose to divorce, it will have repercussions on your children. Divorce is hard on children. Divorce is hard on you. Not unless you were happy to get rid of them. Then you're like, hey, good written name. Praise the Lord. Yeah. But divorce is hard on you. It's hard on children. And I've talked to people who say, well, you know, I think we need to get a divorce. And I would say to them, well, you know, you need to consider the children. And they would say, oh, well, you know, kids, well, you know, kids, they're resilient. They'll, they'll bounce back. They'll bounce back. I'll tell them, listen, kids are not resilient. Kids will survive, but they're not resilient. You see, God put in every one of us this little mechanism called survival. And you will survive under the most strenuous, tumultuous circumstances. You'll do what you have to do to survive, but resilient, and they'll bounce back? No, they're not resilient, and they won't bounce back. And what will happen is you'll see that behavior when they're 13, 14, 15. Can somebody please raise your hand if you know what I'm talking about? When you're 13, 14, 15 years old, and they start acting out, and you're like, man, I can't do a thing with them. I mean, they're out of control. Well, the reason they're out of control is not because of what's been happening now, but because of what had happened then. So we have to be mindful that God has created children, that they have two parents, that that they have a mother and a father, someone to raise their children. We got to move on. Look at verse 16. So they're bringing the children in verse 16. You're looking at it? If you're looking at it, say, I'm looking at it. They bring their children to Jesus. And the disciples rebuked them and said, Jesus said, and Jesus said, let the children come to me. Now, during this time in history, listen, children were exploited 
and they weren't valued or appreciated. To most rabbis, it was below their dignity to interact with children. So children were considered a blessing. They were considered a burden. And even today, children are considered a burden and not a blessing. Did you know that millions of babies are aborted every year? One, I've read, one every three minutes. Think about that. In three minutes, somewhere in the world, a baby will die. One every three minutes. I heard of people, and I've heard that there are people who are lobbying in Washington right now so that a mother who does not want her child can bring her child to a hospital, leave the child at the hospital, no questions asked. You can bring your baby to the hospital, lead a baby in the lobby, no questions asked. Listen, people are throwing away children. And you know, I spend two, three, maybe four, depending on the year, times back and forth to India. There are 1.2 million children homeless on the streets in India. Throw away kids. And our society is the same, but different. We're throwing away kids. I mean, we hear news stories on television. I want to say recently on one of the news channels or whatever, some person or some girl had a baby at, at, a, at a prom. Did y'all hear that story? Was it at a prom? Was that a prom? And, and she, I guess, put the baby in the trash and then went back, went back out. Did she put the baby in the trash? Or something, and then she went back out on the dance floor. People are throwing away kids and throwing them in garbage bins and throwing them in alleys. Listen, the Bible says that children are a blessing from God. You write this down. Psalm 127 verse 3 tells us that children are a heritage from the Lord and the fruit of the womb is his reward. Psalm 17 6, children's children are a crown of an old man. In other words, if you're a grandparent like me, the Bible tells me and you, if you're a grandparent, that your grandchildren are a crown to you. It was Chuck Smith who said if he had known how much fun grandkids were, he would have had them first. (laughs) I think I really like that. Now, listen, pay, pay close attention here. Notice they brought the children to Jesus. The kids didn't bring themselves. The parents and the adults brought them to Jesus. And when they brought the children to Jesus, the disciples rebuked them because they thought Jesus was too important to mess with children. Because they thought the kids were a bother, a nuisance, or trouble. And they said, listen, kids, can't you see Jesus busy with more important things? He's got work to do. Leave him alone. He doesn't have time. And after all, you kids are small and you don't tithe. And you don't serve, and all you do is spill juice. <laughs> That's in the Greek language. Yeah. And see, they were hindering the children from coming to Jesus. And listen, you can hinder children from coming to Jesus in so many ways I could keep you here all afternoon. But you can hinder children from coming to Jesus by failing to teach them the Bible at home. By failing to teach them the Bible and the the scriptures and helping them to think about the scriptures. No, you don't need to sit down and read the, you know, don't don't read the, you know, the book of Leviticus to them. 
okay, you know, you know I'm, gonna, I'm the head of this home and we're going to have devotion and, you know, your three-year-old, you're going to sit down and we're going to go over Leviticus. Don't do that. That's creepy. I mean, if you're going over Leviticus with your three-year-old, you need medication. Somebody say amen, because that's very true. That's not normal. But teach your children the Bible. Teach your children the scriptures. You can, you can fail to, to hinder kids from coming to Jesus by, by failing to be a good example. I mean, think about it. The disciples, they weren't being a good example. And they were teaching their kids that they weren't important to Jesus. And whether good or bad, you are an example to your children. And when you choose not to come to church or you, or you choose not to bring them to Sunday school, you're hindering them. Or you come to church if you've got nothing else to do. You're hindering your children. Or when you come home and you're talking and, and the only thing that the kids hear, this is a biggie, and the only thing that the kids hear you talking about at home is negative things about the church. Things that make you go, hmm, yeah. You're hindering your children because you know what will happen is when they get to an age where they don't have to go to church, they won't want to go to church. And the reason they don't want to go to church is because of all the negative things that they heard you saying about church for many, many years. And now they're like, look, if church is like that, I don't need the church. So you're hindering your children from coming to church or you act a certain way at church. Here's a way to hinder. You act a certain way at church, but then you act a different way at home. Well, that's hindering your children from, from, from coming to Jesus. So you get to church and you pull in the church parking lot and all of a sudden you're holy holly. I don't know why holly came up. You know, you pull in the church parking lot and you come in the church door, you got your big leather bound Bible. And how you doing? Oh, fine. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. How's things going? Oh, blessed in the Lord, blessed going in, blessed going out. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green, hallelujah, and in the green pastures, and he restoreth my soul. It's like, wait a minute, I just asked you how you're doing. I ain't asked you to quote this. Blessed going in, blessed going out, and you're just holy, you're just spiritual. You come in church and you sit rain down. All around the world. And the kid is looking at you like, you are creeping me out. You know, and you're just so spiritual in the church and you're talking to people and you're you talking about the word of God. And kids, don't you know kids see you and they watch you and they actually do more of what you do than what you say. Did, did you get that? It's very true. So then you leave church, you get in the car after singing, rang all around the world. You get in the car, you're on your way home, mom. Can we stop at McDonald's and get a cheeseburger? Shut up, kid. And you like bite their head off and they're like, wait a minute, you were in church this way and now you're in this. My mom is a transformer. That's what it is. My mother's a transformer. She's creepy. In church, she's spiritual and in the car and in going home and she's a whole different person. 
and you're hindering your child from coming to Jesus because they see that hypocritical behavior. And they might not even be able to say the word hypocritical, but they know it. And they see it. You got to be the same way. I got to be the same way. My family needs to see me the same way they see me here at church. They need to see me at home the same way. The same Pastor Rodney they see here, they need to see at home. Matter of fact, somebody, one person asked one of my children, they said, they said, well, now how is Pastor Rodney at home? And you know, I was actually happy, thank, thank you Jesus, I was happy they said, pretty much the same way he's at church. And that's a good thing. You shouldn't have that, that double life and that, that, that double behavior. You know, now here in Calvary Chapel, now listen, I'm going to tell you something that's probably going to blow you over because we at Calvary Chapel, we have been accused of, of hindering children from coming to Jesus. And people have said to us and told us that we are legalistic and unloving toward children because... If you've been here a while, you know this. We have a policy. I hate the word policy in church, but lack of a better word. We have a policy that if your child is six years old or under, we'd like for them to go to children's church unless you're a first-time visitor. And if you're a first-time visitor and you don't know this church, you know, you, you want to keep your kids. I can understand you wanting to keep your kids with you. I can understand that. And probably I'd understand you should probably sit at, by the back door. Because just in case something pop off, you want to be able to, you know, you want to be able to get out quick, you know? You don't know, churches are freaky nowadays. You don't know, I mean, can I say freaky in a pulpit? Churches are not good. Some. In the, so you might want to sit at the back door, keep your kids with you, something get crazy, you can get out quick. So, but if you sit up front with your kids and then something get crazy and you got to run down the aisle, and, well, that's not Christian. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light. Let me be a salt.